ஹம்லாஹிஃபாஸ்லாத்துலாஹிமின்ஷேபானிஸ்மில்லாஹிர்ரஹ்மானிர்ரஹீம் ஷரீஃப்ஸ் ஒன்னா There cannot be anyone that's more truthful than Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala's every word is pure truth. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on many many things in the Qur'an Sharif to highlight the importance of those aspects. Allah Ta'ala is taking a qasam on it. So this can't be something ordinary. This is something very important. In Surah Wa Shamsi Wa Duhaha, the most number of qasams in one place is in this surah continuously one after the other washamsi wa duhaha wal qamari idha talaha wal nahari idha jallaha wal layli idha yakhshaha several qasams 11 qasams allah tala takes and there after allah tala says that wa nafsi wa ma sawaha قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا That this nafs and this inner self that Allah Ta'ala has put in this insan, that person who has purified it, who has made its tazkiyah, then such a person has attained falah, he has attained success. One is the word success that we use, our usage of words, and the meanings of the words in the english language is very very limited very confined and the word that allah taala has used in the quran sharif it can't be translated in reality by one word or even a few words it's an entire concept allah taala speaks about falah qad aflaha man zakkaha that person who has purified this nafs that he has gained success this is an extremely comprehensive word it includes every good and every success of dunya and akhirat it's a different matter that somebody has the wrong concept of success his concept of success is something which is in reality not success and that person now will be dreaming of something else Allah Ta'ala is talking about that which is in reality success. 
one person got an employment somewhere. So he was over the moon. He was so excited. He was phoning all his friends. And he was, couldn't even contain his happiness. Because he now succeeded. So he got that employment. But where that employment was? That employment was to be a manager in a bottle store. Now he regarded that as success. He got that employment. Maybe it was some very big place. And some little bit high, higher position in that. So now the salary perhaps would be much more than what he was getting somewhere else. It might have been some kind of managerial position. Now he got very happy about it. And he regarded this, this as his success. But can any Muslim with true Iman, somebody who is looking at things with the eyes, through the, what Allah Ta'ala has given us in the Quran Sharif, through the light of the Sunnah of Rasulullah can he in any way ever regard this as success? So this person now became very, very elated, overjoyed over this success. Can we ever regard this as success? Just to expand that as an example, somebody became the owner of something very, very huge, which was making millions of rands every month. So now he regarded it as his success. But what was it? Somebody gave it to him as a gift maybe. It was a pig farm. Now, would any Muslim ever think this as success? It's turning million rands every week. Maybe ten million rands a week. But can that ever translate as success? That is the height of failure. So somebody regards something as a height of failure as success, and that is his very, very major misunderstanding. He's got the concept completely wrong. So similarly, this is a very, very glaring example. Sometimes examples of the situations are not so glaring. But the reality is that it is the pattern of failure, it is the system of failure that a person is regarding as success. What he is regarding as success is actually paving the way towards Jannam. But the person is regarding it as success, that is his ignorance, that is his misunderstanding, that is his lack of understanding of what Allah Ta'ala has given in the Quran Sharif and what Rasulullah has given us. Allah Ta'ala is talking about that which is in reality success, not that which is imagined success, the reality of success. That which brings a person the true good of dunya, not what he imagines to be good. Otherwise that person without iman, then the worst filth also sometimes he imagines it to be good. And a person with weak iman, he's imagining that job in that bottle store is good also. And he's imagining what not is good. So not, Allah Ta'ala is giving us what is in reality good. So the reality of the good of dunya and every good of akhirat, that is the success Allah Ta'ala is talking about. And that success is dependent in this ayat of the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala is explaining to us, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَ The one who has purified himself. So this purity is a very essential aspect in a mu'min's life. Everything about a mu'min's life is surrounded with purity. And everything there is demand of purity about it. The purity starts off with the purity of the aqidah. Purity of the belief. Because if there is najasat in the heart, 
than any other purity externally of any other level of purity, this will not make any good any good for the person in dunya wakhirat. The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about those who commit shirk. Allah Ta'ala says, Innamal mushrikuna najas. The word najas, we have heard this word, we probably learnt it in maktab. Najas, something that is total filth, impure, complete impurity, najasat. Allah Ta'ala says, shirk is najasat. And a person who is involved in shirk, he becomes a carrier of najasat. He is a najasat. So now to purify one's heart of this najasad, there must be no shirk of any sort. No shirk of any level. Whether it is the external, the internal shirk, the greater shirk, or whether it is the lesser shirk. Once Rasulullah said to the Sahaba Ikram, my greatest fear upon you is the subtle shirk, the smaller shirk. They asked, what is the smaller shirk? Nabi Islam said, Riyah. That which you do out of just wanting to impress people, to show somebody. There's one incident about one Tabi'i. So actually, his student, this person Ibn Nasr as Sayyad. So he one day was in a very, very dire circumstance, very Hard times he was going through extreme poverty. So in any case, he came to his teacher, Ahmad bin Miskin, who was a tabi'i. And he said to him that, please make dua for me. This is my condition. This is the difficulties we are going through. My family is suffering. He says, my family is in these dire circumstances. We don't have anything to eat. So, this start of his, he took him to the shore, to the seashore. And then he, now to teach him, look, you must turn to Allah Ta'ala. So first he told him, look, you now make two rakahs namaz first. Two rakahs nafil namaz, salatul haja. So he did that. He said, now you turn to Allah Ta'ala, beg from Allah Ta'ala. So now this person turned to Allah Ta'ala in that desperation of his, made sincere dua. Now that he turned to Allah Ta'ala, made sincere dua, said, now take this net and throw it into the sea. So in any case, now he threw that net into the sea. After a while, when he pulled it, there were two fish came out. So he said, now you take this and go. Go sell it, and that money that you will get out of this, that you take it and you buy food for your family. But you turn to Allah Ta'ala, you ask him, now you threw this into the ocean, Allah Ta'ala provided for you. So in any case, he took this fish and he's going, he, he sold it, he bought two little, some items of food. So he got two parcels of food in his hand. And now he's taking it home, and his mind is going towards his wife and child, who are starving at home. So in any case, as he is going, suddenly, on the side of the road, there's one old woman sitting there, and there's a child in her lap. And that woman calls out to him because they can see now he's walking with the two parcels of food in his hand. And says to him that we're starving for so many days. And the child looks up with him, to him with that desperation in his eyes. That this person will share something with us. Now his mind is going between, on the one side his family, his wife and child, who are also starving. 
and this mother and child that are starving too. Now he thought to himself that whatever my condition is, but these people, and then he looks at those tears rolling down their face. So when he looked at those tears, he couldn't bear that anymore. When he saw those tears rolling down the face of the woman, he gave both parcels to them. And when he gave both parcels to them, suddenly he saw that child's face just light up. And the smile that came on the child's face. He said, Allah, whatever it is, I did this for you. Now he's thinking still now, when he's going to reach home, what's going to be the case? How he's going to face his family? He went home, left home. He left home that, inshallah, I'll come back with something. Now he had something that too is coming back empty-handed. As he's walking now, getting closer to home, somebody is shouting that his name out. That who knows this person? So somebody else points out to this person here. He says, there's you. You're looking for this person here. So the stranger comes. He says, are you so-and-so? Ahmad bin Sayyad. He says, yes, that's me. He says, your father had lent me some money. And then he passed away. And I never got to give him that money. There is 30,000 dirhams that are owing him from 20 years. You keep this money. This is yours now. You are the only, well, whoever it is, but this is his inheritance then. So he was the sole heir. So this was now his. So he became, mashallah, very wealthy overnight. So because I got this in this very miraculous way, I started now also being charitable. And dishing out every day, giving people. And also it, my wealth carried on increasing. And I carried on being more and more charitable. But slowly this started coming into my heart that I am somebody good. I am doing this for so and so. And I am doing that for so and so. and I'm. But in any case this carried on. So one day I went to sleep. So I am dreaming that it is suddenly already the day of Qiyamah. Now he is dreaming. It is a dream. But dreams also Allah Ta'ala sometimes blesses a person with a dream as a means to make him understand something. To open his eyes. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would sometimes ask the Sahaba after Fajr Salah who saw a dream. They would explain. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would interpret it. Kitab Ru'ya in the various books of Hadith you'll find. So in any case now he's seeing a dream. It's a dream. But nevertheless it's an Ibrad for him. So now in the dream he's seeing that his deeds are being weighed. So now his deeds are being weighed, all the good deeds are being put on one side, and all the evil and wrong and sins are being put on the other side. And that side of the scale became heavier. And the good deeds are very light. So now, فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ The person whose scale of good deeds is heavy, he is successful. Now here the good deeds got light. And he is shocked. In the dream he shocked. He says, where's all my charity? Where's all the things that I carried on doing to help people? So now he's suddenly seeing it, that it's there, but it's all like cotton wool. There's no weight in it. It's weightless. It's there but weightless. He says, all this, and under it, is all the shahawat. In other words, the wrong intentions, he can see that floating under it. It's like eaten up into it. Like how some... Something will eat up into something else. Some worm will eat up into food. So now it's as if this is something that is eating up into it. That crave for admiration, for fame, for name, for whatever. That has eaten, it's made it hollow. So now the deed is there, but it's weightless. 
So it's not serving any purpose to make the scale heavy. So now he is totally afraid. Now the dream is seeing, but Allah is making this a means of his desire. So now he's seeing in this dream now that this is my condition, and he's afraid that now where am I going to end up now? And suddenly he hears a voice calling out that is there anything left of his? Is there anything left? So then somebody else answers, says, yes, there's something left of his. So what's left? He says, no, there's two parcels of food left. Because that time he was still in that, his own desperation when he came with that with all sincerity. He says, two parcels of food left. So, okay, put it inside. So they put the two parcels of food in. Those two parcels which he gave away to that woman and her child. So now when he gave the two parcels of food, so now suddenly it just became even. The scale of good deeds went a little heavier. But it just became even still. So now he's still in fear now. What's going to be the outcome? So then he's asking, is there something, anything else left? So yes, there's something else left. So what else is left? He sees those tears that came down that when he saw those tears, it melted his heart and he reacted in a positive manner. Those tears are in his scale of deeds now. So he put those tears in. Now those tears came in, that came very much heavier. Did he say anything else left? See, yes, there's something else left also. And what else is left? He sees a smile on that child's face. Put that smile also inside. Now when that smile came inside, suddenly this scale of good deeds got so heavy that the scale of evil deeds was flying into the air. It had no weight. Now this was a dream. He woke up and got a shock. Now he realized, I thought I was somebody, I was doing something. But it's only what Allah Ta'ala will accept. And what Allah Ta'ala will accept is what there is sincerity in it. And the sincerity is missing, then it's all just going to be wasted. So the first thing is this purity of the aqidah and belief. That there must be no shirk of any sort, no bid'at, no corrupted beliefs of any sort. This is the first purity. Then together with that is the purity of the body. External purity. Our deen is a complete deen. Salman Farsi radiallahu ta'ala an, one mushrik was taunting him. In a taunting way he saying to him, it's very strange. Your Nabi taught you all, all these things. He taught you how to even go to the toilet. Salman replies, without becoming affected by that taunt in any way. He takes it in a positive note. He didn't become apologetic. He didn't start making excuses. He says, yes, definitely. That person was like mocking. He says, no, definitely. Nabi Salaam taught us, this is how a person must go to the toilet. This is how he must make istinja, etc., etc. He started giving the details of it. That person, what he was making a mockery of it, he turned it into dawah. So deen is complete. Allah Ta'ala has given us this beautiful and perfect deen. And it has taught us how to be pure in every sense. Even the external purity is of extreme importance. In one hadith sharif, Rasulullah is mentioned in Bukhari sharif, Muslim sharif, the riwayat comes, the Anas bin Malik reports, Nabi Salaam passed by two graves. And as he passed by the graves, Nabi Salaam stopped and said, Innahuma la yu'adzaban. That the people buried in these two graves are being punished. Allah Ta'ala opened it out to him. 
And then Nabi Sallallahu explained why. What is the reason they are getting punished? They are not being punished for something that was difficult to refrain from. It was a very simple matter to refrain from. But there was a very high level of neglect, carelessness. So they didn't take care in this regard. Otherwise it wasn't difficult to be safe from this. The one person, he was not careful about avoiding the splash of urine. person goes to relieve himself. Now the person wasn't being careful to make sure that the splashes of urine don't come upon him. Upon his clothes, on his body. Let's take it for granted. What's the difference? So now that became the means of the azab of the cover. Rasulullah it was opened out to him. This person is being punished and this is the reason why he's being punished. It's purity. That he was careless and neglectful about this external purity. So now this became azab in the qabr. The qabr is the gateway to the akhirat. This is the first step. And taharat is the gateway to salah. It's the door to salah, the key to salah. So just as without wudu, a person, his salah won't be valid. On the day of Qiyamah, the first thing to be questioned about will be salah. And in the Qabr, taharat is the issue. person's taharat was not right, he's getting azab in the Qabr. And the second person, Nabi Sallallahu said, وَأَمَّا الْآخَرُ فَكَانَ يَمْشِي بِالنَّمِيمَ The second person used to go, go about telling tales. He heard something here. And he goes and relates it there. And then that person's story is related here. And in the process it caused problems between both of them. He has some, something somewhere, instead of burying it right there. Now this is obvious now sometimes, it's clear cut, it's open as daylight. That if this talk is going to be related to the other party, it's going to cause a problem. But now the person, it just doesn't digest in him. And that indigestion now, indigestion really... really Results in a person vomiting. So now as soon as he sees other party, he'll vomit. He'll come out. He can't hold it in. Whereas if he buried it, forgot about it, didn't take it anywhere, that would be the end of the matter. But now he went and related it. So that person reacted. That reaction will come and pass it on back to the first person too. So now the war starts. So who was the reason? The reason for this? This person who carried those tails back and forth. Nabi Islam saying this person was not careful about this. He's getting azab. So this purity of the body. Then together with that, the purity of the heart. Together with the body, obviously, all the other external aspects, purity of the clothing, purity of the place, all these things are part of deen. If a person is in an impure place, that salah won't be valid. Performing salah on an impure space, it won't be valid. He's performing salah with impure clothing, it won't be valid. So, deen has given us this very high level of purity. Then together with that purity of the heart. Purity of the heart, one was already we discussed, the purity of aqidah, but now this is over and above that. The purity of the heart from all the evils and the maladies of the heart. Whether it is pride, whether it is malice, whether it is jealousy, whether it is uncontrolled lust, 
whether it is all the other various maladies of the heart, miserliness, and thinking oneself as great, this vanity and all these other illnesses of the heart, cleaning the heart out of all these things. Once Nabi Sallallahu was in the masjid with the Sahaba Ikram, and then he addressed them and said to them, that يَطْلُعُ عَلَيْكُمُ الْآنِ رَجُلٌ مِّنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ Soon a person from the inmates of Jannah will enter. Somebody who is going to be a Jannati. Nabi Sallallahu is giving his glad tiding of Jannah to the person. He is going to enter from this place just now. So everybody was now very eager to know who is this person. They see somebody just suddenly walk in. Very simple person. One Ansari Sahabi. Hardly known to be somebody very prominent simple person like a Bedouin and he was coming in such a simple manner also, his beard was dripping with the water of wudu still he had his shoes in his left hand and he just walked past everybody noticed, that this is the person Nabi Salaam is talking about in any case the next day, again suddenly Nabi Salaam said, that some, just now a person from the people of Jannah will pass the same person passes the third day the same thing happens, so, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Asr says it became very something that I needed to now know for sure what's the reason behind this so he went along and made some excuse please can I be your guest for three days I got some issue at home I can't go home can I come and stay with you for three days very well come along he wanted to see what's special about him so the whole day he was busy with his work salah etc was performed on his time then at night he after having completed whatever it was he went to sleep then he woke up in the last part of the night and then he performed salah, he made some ibadat. During the course of the night, if he turned from side to side, he made some zikr of Allah Ta'ala in that moment. So nothing out of the ordinary. Everybody was doing this or more. So first day same thing, second day same thing, third day same thing. He found it very strange. Then he finally explained to him, that look, this was my whole story. I didn't come here because I had any problem at home. That was just a story I made up. I wanted to come and see what's special about you. Rasulullah three days in a row, he said that a person of Jannah will pass by. It was you that passed by at that time. Three days in a row it happened. So I came to see what's special about you. So this person responded and said, whatever you saw, that's it. Nothing else. That's all it is. That's what it is. So he was now surprised. This was it is. So in any case, he turned around to leave. As he's turning around to leave, this person says, well, whatever you saw, that is it. But there's one more thing. That I don't have any dirt in my heart for anybody. I don't have any malice in my heart for anyone. And I don't have any hasad and jealousy in my heart upon any good that Allah tell has blessed anybody with. My heart is clean regarding everybody. And I don't harbor any jealousy over any good that Allah tell has blessed somebody with. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Asad says, but this is it. This is it what has taken you to this level. Three days in a row, Nabi Islam is giving glad tidings of Jannah to you. So this purity of the heart, when the heart is pure, then the tongue will be pure also. There will be pure words. Words that will earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Words that will inspire people's hearts. Words that will make people comfortable around us, our families, our near and dear ones. Words that will make people feel to do something good for Allah Ta'ala. 
And if the heart is impure, there will be all kinds of impure thoughts also. There will be impure words, filthy words coming out from the tongue as well. The eyes will only be wanting to look at filth. All kinds of filth the eyes will be glued to. And there won't be any attraction in the pure things. The pure Quran Sharif, the eyes will not look at it. Very difficult to open the Quran Sharif and decide. But to look at filth very easy because the filth of the heart, like attracts like. So what is inside now is attracting the same thing outside. When the heart is pure, then the attraction is towards the Quran Sharif. The attraction is towards what is pure. The attraction is towards good. So this is the inner issue, the purity of the heart. So together with the purity of the body, the clothing and all these things, the purity of the heart, that a person has to make this effort to purify the heart. Just as everything else, there's an effort behind it. Nothing happens without the effort. Now what is the effort of the heart? <coughs> what is going to purify this heart? Many, many things. Among the things that are very necessary for the purity of this heart, one is to even know what are the maladies of the heart. If a person doesn't even know the maladies of the heart, he doesn't even know these are diseases, he doesn't even know this is a problem, so what effort he is going to make to even rectify it? If a person doesn't even know that he is getting destroyed, then what is going to take any steps to stop the destruction? One person, he, his one leg was paralyzed, completely no feeling. So he was one night sitting outside somewhere in a cold winter's night, perhaps as a guard or whatever, and because of the cold, there was a fire that was lit to give some warmth. He had a little bit, perhaps some control over it, but had almost like no feeling. So now when he was sitting there alongside that fire, after some time he dozed off. When he dozed off, that leg that was numb, no feeling. Somehow some sparks or whatever flew onto his clothing. And it caught a light. And the flesh started actually burning. But he was still sleeping. He didn't know what was going on. Somebody else saw it. Because it was the so-called lifeless leg that was on fire now. But he had no idea that this is burning. He is still dozing, fast asleep. Somebody else woke him up and then realized what's going on. Now they had to quickly doze, doze that fire off and rush him to the hospital and he stayed in the hospital for so long before he came right. Now the person was in a deep slumber and the senses and the feelings were dead. So he wasn't even aware of what destruction is happening. And if he wasn't shaken up by somebody else, he would have probably burnt him alive. Because by the time he would have woken up, he would have been engulfed in fire. So sometimes, because of the lack of that, even the knowledge of it, or because we are in such a deep slumber about what the realities are, what is the harm of what I am doing? This pride, how dangerous this is. This malice, what a terrible cancer this is. This jealousy, how it's burning and burning all my good deeds up. And the person is not even conscious of that. So now the destruction continues, the akhirat is getting destroyed and he doesn't even know. 
he needs to be shaken out of that slumber. So this is one of the first steps that a person has to become aware. What is the reality of these things? How destructive this is? How harmful it is? How it can destroy a person's akhirat? Even cause huge problems for him in dunya also. Make his dunya miserable. The destruction of the akhirat is the most severe thing. So the first thing is to become even aware of it. Then together with that, then there's a proportionate effort. There's no button to press that will happen overnight. Then he has to subject himself to the process of that purification. And just as a person for his physical diseases, he seeks out somebody to help him, somebody to treat him, somebody to administer the medication to him, sometimes he's in need of some hospitalization, sometimes some operation. Likewise, these spiritual ailments, there's a whole process of treatment that we have to undergo. And then with that constant effort and that treatment, with the Fadal of Allah Ta'ala, inshallah those problems then are remedied and solved, and the good then comes into the person's heart. Then that miserliness gets changed with generosity. That desire to watch that filth and evil gets turned into the desire to be reading the Quran Sharif, to be spending time in ibadat of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Then that jealousy and that malice, it turns into well-wishing for everybody. Now that jealousy and malice has gone, now he is more than a well-wisher for everyone. Once the good for everyone, ready to do good for everyone. He is not in any way affected by somebody else's good. He wants to do more good for them. And similarly all the other issues. So this process, and in this process then, there's all the various amal that are to be done. The constant remembrance of Allah wa Ta'ala, the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, and together with that, all the various other amal that are required, besides obviously the faraiz, wajibat, sunnat al over and above that. Then the aspects of remembering death often, developing the consciousness of Allah wa ta'ala, all these things then help to purify this heart. Now when the person has purified this heart, now he is what Allah ta'ala describes, qad aslahaman zakka. Now he gets that success of dunya also and akhirat as well. Now when this purified heart is there, the tongue will be pure, the eyes will be pure, the ears will be pure, and this person will conduct himself in a pure manner. He'll be far away from places of filth. He'll be far away from company that is inclined towards filth. He'll be far away from things that drag him towards filth, from filthy environments. Because the environment has a direct impact on the heart of a person. Uh, he's in the midst of all kinds of nudity, all kinds of vices, blaring music. So is it going to be just his heart is not going to get affected in any way? It's going to pretty soil his heart. It's going to make it nudges. So now that heart that is purified will stay far away. So all these things will become the result when the heart has been purified. That is the effort that we are required to make. Unfortunately, this is sometimes something not even realized. That this is so seriously necessary, so fundamental that a person has to make this effort to purify his heart. There are maladies, there are sicknesses, diseases of the heart, spiritual diseases that need to be remedied, that need to be treated and that we have to cleanse our hearts of all this. This is what will earn us that closeness to Allah wa ta'ala, that on the day of Qiyamah, يَوْمَ لَا يَنْفَعُ مَالُ وَلَا بَنُونَ 
ഫർജ്ജ ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تآخذنا إن نسينا وأخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم اهت نفوسنا تقواها اللهم اهت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لاحسن الاخلاق لا يهدي لاحسنها الا انت اصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها الا انت اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving allah اله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive all our major minor sins يا الله يا الله forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly يا الله اله العالمين يا الله we were so shameless يا الله you were so disloyal يا الله all your bounties all your nemets every second every millisecond Ya Allah, we are benefiting from all your ni'mats and bounties, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we used your bounties to break your commands, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alameen, forgive this shamelessness of ours, Ya Allah. Forgive this disloyalty of ours, Ya Allah. Forgive this treachery of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your true servants, Ya Allah. Make us your loyal servants, Ya Allah. Make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, show your makhfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, throughout the world, Ya Allah. The ummah is in suffering, Ya Allah. The ummah is in pain and hardship, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we acknowledge this is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, uplift the azab of the ummah, Ya Allah. Uplift the difficulties and hardships on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the suffering and hardship, Ya Allah. Remove the oppression, Ya Allah. Remove the difficulties, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty, Ya Allah. Remove the pain, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the difficulties and hardships with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, our country, those who are suffering, remove their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, throughout the world, wherever the ummah is suffering, remove it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant salamati to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant complete hifazat and afiyat, Ya Allah, to even every believer, Ya Allah. Protect the iman and amal of every believer, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect the life, wealth and honor of every believer, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You save us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. You save God from every evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the deception of the nafs, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. 
purify our hearts of all the evils and sin, Ya Allah, of all the filth and dirt, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we have made our hearts the sewer system of the entire world, Ya Allah. All the filth of the whole world be brought into our hearts, Ya Allah. You've imported it through the eyes, Ya Allah, by the misuse of the eyes, Ya Allah, by the misuse of the ears, Ya Allah. we brought all the filth of the whole world into our hearts, Ya Allah. We've made our hearts more nudges than the most nudges thing in dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, how ungrateful we have been for this great na'mat of the heart, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we're making sincere tawbah from all these today, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you are making a firm pledge never to go to back to it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, you purify our hearts, Ya Allah. You save us from ever going back to looking at any haram, Ya Allah. Save us from ever talking any haram again, Ya Allah. Save us from ever using any vulgar languages again, Ya Allah. Save us from listening to any haram, Ya Allah. Save us from listening to ghibat, Ya Allah. Save us from listening to music, Ya Allah. Save us from listening to any violent filth talk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect our hearts from all kinds of evil, Ya Allah. Remove the pride, the malice, the jealousy, Ya Allah. Remove the miserliness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the A'mal of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the efforts of Deen, Ya Allah. Accept us and our progeny till Qiyamat for the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. With Ikhlas and Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who are sick, give them Shifaya Kamila, Ajila, Mustamira, Daima. Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those who are ill in hospitals, Ya Allah, give them complete Afiyat and Shifaya, Ya Allah. Bring them home back with complete cure, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Cure some all our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. 